As everyone in equipment finance knows, we are part of a successful nearly trillion dollar industry that exists to finance the equipment companies need to operate and grow. We've all watched the industry grow year over year, and many equipment finance professionals, including today's podcast guests, have been in the industry for decades and have shepherded its impressive growth. Today, we face a situation that has been building for years. Some call it the graying of our industry. I've invited two guests to dive into the important questions behind this issue. Is our industry in fact graying? Are we prepared for the future? And perhaps most importantly, are we developing tomorrow's equipment finance leaders? I'm Rita Garwood, Editor-in-Chief of The Monitor. Joining me today to explore these questions are Lisa Rafter, publisher of The Monitor, and Steve Grosso, President and Chief Executive Officer of Auxiliar Capital Partners Incorporated. Both Lisa and Steve have been in the equipment finance industry for over 30 years. Today, we'll join Lisa and Steve in a conversation about the current state of the industry and get their thoughts on how we're positioned for the future. But before we get started, I want to thank today's podcast sponsor, Stripes Leadership Program. Stripes is a professional and personal leadership development program designed with purpose and intent to build, challenge, and inspire best-in-class leaders within the equipment finance industry. Stripes was founded on the fundamental principle and pursuit of excellence and fulfillment to support real lasting growth and change. So Lisa and Steve, thanks so much for being here today. You're welcome. Thanks Rita, thanks, Rita. this is great. So I wanted to start off with just getting a quick pulse of the industry up front. Steve, from your perspective as an industry leader, what stands out to you in the equipment finance industry today? I think the first thing that uh, is front and center for all of us is the unprecedented times. I mean, the COVID pandemic uh, has changed so many things in our lives uh, on a moment's notice. And uh, the equipment finance industry uh, is not uh, insulated from the impact of, of the pandemic. Uh, but I think the, uh, the change uh, and the, the challenges of the industry and this rapid need for uh, adaptation uh, started well before COVID. So I think that you know, with technology uh, and uh, world uh, economy issues, um, COVID is just another layering uh, of pressures uh, on uh, our industry to keep up with uh, the opportunities as well as the challenges. Lisa, what about you? As the publisher of The Monitor, you spend a lot of time talking with leaders of our industry. What stands out to you right now? Yeah, to, to pick up on what Steve just said, I mean, the last year has been unprecedented. In fact, many of us are still working from home. I don't know if you can hear the lawnmower in the background here, but that's what <laughs> we've been dealing with over the past year. Things have been so different. And I think the uh, from what you said, I, I do talk to industry leaders all of the time. And earlier you talked about the graying of the industry and there is a lot of talk about that. And one of the things that I hear specifically is there's a, there's a lack of development for tomorrow's leaders. And I, I hear people from both from the C-level executives as well as entry-level mid-managers. I hear people talking about there's a gap. So there's a gap between the current ranks of leaders 
and then tomorrow's leaders. And what I mean by that is today's leaders, the, the people like Steve, really got us to where we are now. And some of them will be retiring soon. So I think the question is, are we developing the next generation of leaders? I know our industry has some great technical training programs like the ELFA's Principles of Leasing and the CLFP, but we don't have a specific leadership development program for our industry. So I don't know that we're developing the leaders of tomorrow. So Lisa, you just mentioned the, the disparity between the leaders of today and the leaders of tomorrow. Steve, when you look at the people currently leading the companies in our, in our industry and the potential up and coming leaders, what do you see? I think Lisa's point uh, is you know, extremely uh, accurate. Uh, there is a gap uh, and this is not a new issue. We've been talking about it as an industry uh, in my experience for the last decade or, or, or longer. And uh, I see real movement. I would tell you for the first time, you know, maybe in the last year or two, uh, there's been a, uh, a resurgence or maybe it's just a new uh, surge of uh, front and center strategic thought and action around developing and closing that gap that Lisa talked about. Uh, the companies that will be here are starting to embrace new, embrace new thinking, uh, develop talent, uh, really develop talent. And uh, I think that's an exciting part uh, of this. And uh, for, for those of us that uh, are uh, actively involved in, in, in leading businesses. Uh, if we don't do that, then uh, we're not uh, fulfilling our obligations to the company and quite frankly, to the, the, the strength and growth of our industry. Is there anything that you have to add there? I think the piece that I also see and hear a lot about would be, because I think Steve, you're absolutely right with regard to you know, the companies that really focus and put that kind of attention on the development of their people. You know, they, they are the companies that will take our industry into tomorrow. And one of the other things I hear quite a, a lot about from industry professionals would be the, the lack of diversity in leadership roles in our industry. So I think if you see from entry level and mid-manager roles, you, you do see a shift and you, you see some emphasis on diversity and I think that's great. But when you look at the uh, senior level leaders in our industry, I do think there's still a lack of diversity. One of the places you could look at is just look at the Monitor 100. So I started the Monitor 100 when I was the editor, Rita, you're the editor now, I was the editor back then, and uh, 29 years ago. And back then there were two women CEOs and zero people of color. And then last year's Monitor 100, you're probably well aware of this, Rita, there were five women and two people of color. You could also look at attendance at industry events. And uh, we did look at that last year. And we just we, we take, took a look at the number of women who attended ELFA and NIFA, and only 20% were women. That's slightly better than when I started in the industry over 30 years ago, but we're not quite there. And the way I see it, we still have a lot of work to do. 
So given what you just said regarding the state of diversity and leadership development in our industry, do you see perhaps a pent up demand for leadership development and diversity in the industry? There's no doubt about that. Uh, the, the, as I said earlier, there's this chasm that exists between, you know, the leadership, you know, Lisa talked about the uh, composite of uh, the, the CEOs uh, versus, uh, you know, a diverse uh, uh, constituency uh, where, where we have to go with this in, in terms to meet that demand, I think is not only a, a real focus on, you know, shifting the numbers, but I think we have to focus on why the numbers need to shift. Uh, the, the traditional organizational structures of bureaucracy and hierarchical uh, is what has forced that because there's only one CEO, if you may. I don't think that's the way that the companies that will survive and flourish and be leaders uh, will be defined as we go forward. You know, the things you know uh, I'm thinking about uh, include you know a completely different culture, uh, auxiliary, you know, new. Uh, uh, enterprise, uh, and uh, I've got some uh, really uh, high aspirations for creating a culture that becomes more you know, holocratic, and, and meaning that there's leadership that shifts and, you know, organizational structure becomes less uh, uh, rigid, and there's more teams that become focused upon, you know, who needs to be in the room. And if there's redundancy, you know, someone should excuse themselves and go find something else to do. And then those teams will take on, you know, characteristics. And that's where I think that this diversity that we talk about, whether that's ethnicity or gender, uh, or quite frankly, uh, as simple as diverse thoughts that get focused around the solving a problem or capturing opportunity, and then real diversity starts to take place. And when we can appreciate the differences where people come from, uh, and then the, the nature of that shift will become real as opposed to artificial and manufactured. Lisa, any thoughts there? Uh, that's just so well said. Steve, on uh, the way you're talking about that with regard to, what was the word you used? Hola, hola hola yeah, Lisa, you know, you know, the last year uh, of my life has been spent, you know, in some level of formal education. And it's a word that uh, one of uh, my teachers or mentors uh, over the last year uh, pointed out to me, uh, a holacracy has a, a bunch of different uh, connotations, but it really is about, you know, an organization that has some level of self-direction without losing, you know, the overall mission of the company. So it's a little different way of thinking. And I, you know, again, I'd just be repeating myself, but I can tell you we're, we're exploring that. It's a little scary, but, you know, uh, sometime we should even talk about organizational structure within the uh, industry uh, as a topic, because I think it'll promote diversity. I just do. Yeah, I really hear that. So, you know, Rita, I may have answered the question 
one way, which I still could, but then listening to Steve's response, it just has me thinking about it in a whole other way. And I do think that that would be another really good topic for a podcast or a monitor article, uh, because given the question you just asked about the pent up demand for leadership development and diversity, my answer short and sweet is absolutely. It's talked about a lot, so absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I, I think we should uh, definitely explore that topic for a future podcast or article. So this demand that you're seeing, do you think it's obvious to the rest of the industry? What are people saying, Lisa? Yes, uh, a resounding yes. Uh, in fact, uh, you mentioned earlier the sponsor of today's podcast is uh, Stripe's Leadership Development Program. And that's actually a company that I started about a year ago. And it was because of what the industry has been saying. As you mentioned earlier, I do talk to people all day, every day in the industry. It's kind of you know what, what I do, what you do. So our roles in the industry. And what I hear people talking about you know, it is leadership development is not something that a lot of companies have put attention on necessarily for their next generation leaders. As I said earlier, technical skills, yes, but the uh, not so much getting the leaders ready for tomorrow. And uh, so what I did as part of creating Stripes is conducted several focus groups over the past 10 to 12 months. And I probably talked to, I didn't count, but I'm going to say 60 to 70 people in our industry. And they ranged from, you know, next gen people, the mid-career folks, and a lot of C-level executives. And there's a consensus. And the consensus is across the board. The, the C-level execs see the same thing. I mean, they really want to develop their up and coming leaders and uh, they're hungry for it. So I do think that uh, the demand is obvious to the rest of the industry. And I think like Steve said, we're, we're gonna see different approaches to the, way, to the way companies do that in terms of leadership, as well as, um, you know, like, like Steve said, there could be a natural rollout of diversity just because there's a different approach to the way an organization is structured. So. Uh, so the answer is uh, yes, I do think the rest of the industry sees this. And Steve, would you agree with that from where you sit? I, I, I do. Uh, I think it's a, uh, as I said earlier, I think it's so much broader than uh, our industry, however we define our industry. Uh, I absolutely agree that uh, it is uh, front page news. I think that goes to a culture that we're talking about diversity and appreciation. And you know, that that isn't a political comment in any way, shape, or form. It's just that, you know, there's a lot, a lot of visibility and discussion uh, about uh, diversity. The 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 demand, I think, is obvious. What I worry about is uh, are there pressures that are historical? Uh, contemporary around earnings uh, or traditional business models, legacy uh, uh, you know, issues that you know companies have that you know sacred cows. I mean things that you know uh, companies. Wow, we can't go. That's the way we've done it forever, and I think that stifles uh, diversity. So uh, there's a lot of talk. I, I, I think about you know, whether there's real change. And um, I can tell you that one of the things that I'm excited about 
about stripes. You know, Lisa and I've talked about this. I was there, Lisa, as it, <laughs> incubated, as it incubated. And uh, I'm excited about the fact that you've got an opportunity uh, with stripes to take those thought leaders, those that are willing to put their money uh, where the talk is. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm anxious to see the outcome of the first uh, inaugural class of Stripes, Lisa, because uh, your, your curriculum has uh, a lot of uh, diverse uh, and uh, you know, very learned leaders. Uh, I'm anxious to see what the constituency of you know, uh, the students that emerge from it, what they'd say about it. Mm. Yep. So Steve, you've been leading equipment finance companies for a very long time. And in the beginning of the podcast, you mentioned that things have been changing recently. What does successful leadership look like in equipment finance today? Uh, at a broad level, leadership uh, transcends industries. Uh, you know, there are uh, countless uh, publishings about you know, what successful leadership is and the characteristics of it. So I think for the constituency that's listening to this podcast, you know, they don't they don't need to hear me pontificate about you know what successful leadership is. Uh, but uh, specific to the equipment finance industry, that bridging of the gap between what is uh, historically or what has historically been uh, the leadership composite. And as we move through the dynamics of our current environment, uh, again, current, uh, the COVID being just a point in time, hopefully, but, but the, the whole need for real change, uh, technology enabling, uh, examples of fintech, examples of new business models, capital markets, uh, whether it's uh, you know, supply chain differences that uh, have been illuminated you know, by the pandemic. I think that leadership today needs to be uh, constantly educating themselves. I think it has to be one that embraces new models. This notion of uh, a holocratic organization, meaning shifting from traditional business models and, you know, not, uh, not throwing uh, out, you know, good principles of, you know, uh, you know, risk management and profitability and efficiency and quality of service. But uh, I think leadership today has to be ridiculously nimble, intelligent, hardworking, and embrace change as opposed to fighting it. Lisa, how about you? You talk to a lot of leaders. Um, what do you see as the, what does leadership need to look like in equipment finance today? Steve said it so beautifully and addressed so many areas of it. There's not even much I would add. I mean, what Steve said, really, I think what I would um, underline regarding what Steve said would be you know, leaders who are able to tackle the issues today that we're facing and like Steve said, you know, this goes across industries, but if we look specifically in our industry, we are, we are looking at uh, a, a new world out there ahead of us. So leaders that are able to 
not only tackle the issues that we're facing in today's current environment, but leaders who embrace it, confront it and embrace it fully with, you know, with whatever it takes and what it needs to face what's ahead. And, you know, that, that, like Steve said, does absolutely include diversity, equity, and inclusion and the digital age and, you know, whatever else we see out in the horizon that's um, closer than maybe we think. So I think, again, I would underline that as far as what Steve said. Yes, Elisa, as you just said, the future is closer than we think. What kind of person will succeed in the future landscape of the equipment finance industry? Steve, could you describe that person? Lifelong learners always have a leg up uh, on those that believe they've gotten to a point in their life or their careers that uh, they have enough to succeed. I think that the world has uh, pointed out to us that it's getting faster and will continue to get faster. Now, I think that uh, those that embrace uh, an age, you know, that you called the technology age, that, you know, uh, uh, information is omnipresent. You can learn anything about everything. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, just Google it, right? I mean, what used to be dinnertime conversation, testing our our trivia knowledge. Now everybody pulls their phones out. You can learn anything about anything immediately, and then you can share it anywhere in the world. And then if you embrace those first two, then you look at the notion of leveraging that information, meaning scaling it from a perspective of uh you know, uh, operational scalability, it, you know, our, our computing power is, it, for our industry, it is limitless. I mean, it's virtually limitless. Uh, so, you know, those three things, I think a leader uh, beyond the historical notion of courage and, you know, being good listeners and uh, embracing people uh, and, and uh, being uh, courageous, uh, that's a very, very important uh, you know, lesson are those three about, you know, uh, being able to have access to information, sharing it with anybody, and then also scaling it. Uh, those things will take companies into the future as I see it in the equipment finance business. Definitely. So Lisa, what about you? Can you describe the equipment finance leader of the future? Yeah, I think these are some of the things Steve touched on in this question, as well as the question that we um, both asked right before this. And I think I nimble, absolutely. Like Steve said, I mean, we are in a very fast paced world right now and leaders and, and people who are in our industry that are nimble will succeed, I think, open and open to new ideas and open to possibly a, you know a whole new future for our industry depending on you know what that might look like and then um accepting of change and willing to embrace that change i think they are the people who will absolutely succeed in the future of our industry because change is uh you know it's always of course been here and in, in any industry there is change but it is coming more rapidly, it's coming at us in some cases. So it's not even just internally that we're confronting change, but there's change around us. There's change that could be coming at us from other industries that we need to be you know, looking around and seeing what does that look like and, and how do we respond? So I would say 
in, in summary, you know, looking at nimbleness, being open, accepting of change, and uh, they are the people that will succeed in our industry. Thank you both so much for being on the podcast today. It was great talking with you. Rita, thanks so much for having me. Yes, thank you so much, Rita. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Lisa. Great being with you. You too.